0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Central American Voices, I'm your host Alejandra Quiroz, gracias por sintonizarnos una vez más. So today we are with two beautiful sisters, Stephanie Concepcion Ramirez and Alondra Maria Ami. <laughs> Stephanie is a Salvadoran-American artist from Prince George County, Maryland, and yeah. Alondra is a Salvadoran-Haitian-American, both from Maryland. Alondra served four years in the Air Force as a dental assistant. Uh, she graduated with her Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology from San Francisco State and her Master's on Occupational Therapy from Samal. Some- Samuel Merritt University, and she's currently pursuing her PhD in on occupational therapy at Texas Women's University. And Stephanie, um, she Wait. had the privilege to obtain a Bachelor of Fine Art on all Dominant University in Norfolk, Virginia, and a master's on fine arts at the University of Texas on Austin. Ramirez art practice combining the language of photography with site-specific installation, text, and video. Thank you. So I'm so excited to have both of you here. Um, thank you, you know, to Stephanie and Alondra for reaching out to wanting to come here and talk to me, uh, in this podcast. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having thank us.
1: You. Yes, thank you
0: for having us. <laughs> no, the pleasure is mine. So I'm just going to start, you know, like, just straight from it. I wanted to ask you girls, how was growing up in Maryland? And to know a little bit of, like, your story and your family.
1: Stephanie, you want to start it out? No, do you want to start <laughs> it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a mom. <"I'm> <laughs> I know I was waiting for that to run. I'm like, okay. I know. Go ahead, Stephanie, go. Um, yeah, well, uh, we're one of eight children. Um, our mother, she immigrated here when she was maybe like 26, 25, 26. Um, and uh, she came to Washington, D.C., and then eventually to Maryland, which is pretty pretty close. Mm -hmm. And so we grew up in Maryland. Mm -hmm. Um, She had seven more children. She had, she has one that she um, had to leave behind in El Salvador and she's still there. And then Mm -hmm. she had us seven more children in Maryland. And so we grew up in mainly Prince, I would say Montgomery County, Prince George's County, you know, she was a single parent. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you can imagine single parents, seven children she probably you know at times she had three jobs side hustles um you know welfare we definitely had government assistance um so it was you know that that was Mm -hmm. it for us growing up but as kids we didn't really know much of that because we were like for the most Mm -hmm. part we were surviving we were taking care of my mom never really like Mm -hmm. put that on us and so you know You know, if the electricity went out, Mm -hmm. she would take us to the beach. And that was our, like, (laughs) you know, summer vacation. And so we didn't know any better. But it was because it was too hot in the apartment and there was no Mm -hmm. electricity. And So let's go somewhere fun, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like that. Stephanie.
0: Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit more for you, Stephanie? Yeah. So definitely... I mean,
1: like she said, we grew up in a big family or a lot of siblings. And like we were talking earlier before, it was like never boring in the house. Um, mm-hmm. we we're pretty tight knit because it was just us and um, and our mom. And yeah, I mean, growing up in Maryland, it was pretty interesting because like I think like, I don't know when you were little, she lived in like Tacoma Park. I guess that's Montgomery County, no? Mm-hmm. or like yeah and and then, but then, like, for the majority of our growing up, it was predominantly in prince George's county, and mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, like, within that county, like every time you know somebody asked me like where I'm from, I always mentioned the county because we moved within that county, like in different areas within that county, so, um, it was like some mm-hmm. moving, and um, but yeah, she. She raised us, you know, seven of us alone and, and yeah, it was pretty, you know, looking back, it was pretty inspiring. So, yeah.
0: Definitely. And I think like how you said, uh, even like even you mentioned right now, like you guys were never born and I think that, um, what, what is your mom's name? Is that okay to even say? Mm-hmm.
1: What, what, what is yeah, your it's mom's name? Down.
0: Yeah. Olinda, okay <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. that's a, <laughs> that's a nice name I think I have heard three times more than that, so that's that's a nice name, so Olinda, that's really um you know inspiring because I got mentioned before my grandma raised six children that's that's my mom's side, and it it is. I have heard like you know the the thing of like never born and the fact that you know she raised you both of you and five more here in the United States alone. I think that is very inspiring. You know, knowing how difficult even to raise one for, you know, one kid in the United States can be, and knowing how, you know, maybe the difficulties that she might have gone through through all the year, she never even put the pressure or, you know, those, you know, struggles on your kid on their kids, right? Like in in this case you or stephanie Mm -hmm. um so that's super inspiring to hear someone who like you know migrated raised everyone and you know now like and this is something that we're going to talk about in this podcast is about the career choices because both of you have two different career choices right and i feel like um, Mm -hmm. for me i tend to see that sometimes our parents are the ones who like they inspire us to follow certain you know career path right so like yeah uh, yeah. i I tend to say like sometimes our parents are like oh you know i want i would love you to do this or i would love you to do that and some of the times are like the you know the more structure um or like general Mm -hmm. careers like a doctor uh, a lawyer or whatever right um but seeing both of you having two careers like completely different for me, like the main impression that I have, and you know, I haven't met your mom, or it's like they never, like, she never stopped. Maybe I'm just making like an assumption or like right now that they, she never stopped you, both of you, from pursuing what you wanted to do. Um, but you know, I don't know, it, it, it that, it, that was something. I don't know, like, that's, that's just my asking. Did, did she ever want to like comment to like oh. do that or, or don't do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we we're gonna keep it real, okay? So we, yes. Um, both okay. There was there, both there was like,
1: like yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. There was like never. Yeah, that's why I said I like, like yeah, just yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> There was like never stopping. Like she never, you know, tried to stop us. But you know, for especially for I think like any um like children of immigrant parents that come here mm-hmm. there is this expectation mm-hmm. right whether it's spoken or not spoken mm-hmm. i think there is this expectation yep. that you know these sacrifices were made and so how do you owe me because i made these sacrifices for you and so there's this like mm-hmm. unspoken expectation um so she did she never stopped this, but um mm-hmm. getting the support mm-hmm. and sometimes and like hearing the words that we like You know, really wanted to hear at Mm -hmm. certain moments in our lives. I think that was like more difficult to come around. I think now we're older, and you know, Mm we you come, you come. uh, I think you know, and again, this is with I think a lot of children with immigrant parents where you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're like a lot harder on us because we do have these privileges and we do have these like opportunities. Mm-hmm. And in their eyes, they oftentimes don't see us taking advantage of all of the things that they think that we mm-hmm. have without really, mm-hmm. um, really understanding um, sometimes like how much pressure that puts on to the child and, and then like our own individual barriers that we have to go through throughout our journeys, mm-hmm. right. In choosing a career, let alone like Even like Mm -hmm. deciding that you know you're going to school, you know, after high school or Mm -hmm, whatever, so and not going straight Mm -hmm. to work, you know, like they did, Mm -hmm. and
0: and, so yeah, that's like that's Um, one thing. um, Is (laughs) no, um, who's older, older than you, uh, or who's the oldest, Alondra? Mm -hmm. Are, Are you the are you the first one, or like do you have an older older other no, than I'm the number, ones in El
1: Salvador, three
0: more. Yeah, I'm number. I'm number three. Yeah. Okay. And I'm number okay. four. Seven. Yeah, because that was like. Good... Okay. Yeah, because I I, <laughs> I I I see that a lot of people, you know, when like it's something that is so true, like you know, or parents come here and they're like, okay, you have all these opportunities, but the struggles are like it's like one after the other, like you don't easily just know how to apply to school. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. And, exactly. I that, you know, like, and, you know, maybe you both of you had like an older sister or brother in this case, um, you know, that might had guide you, but maybe your older sister or your older brother, uh, that journey was by its own, you know, like you go to ask your parents, like, oh, can I have, what is the thing that they ask in the school? Like, can I have the taxes? And they're going to be, why do I have to give you my taxes? You know, like mm-hmm. those little questions yeah. about, you know, even <laughs> apply, applying for school. So I feel like it's, it's true what you said, like, you know, they all, all of immigrants' parents have this expectation of, even, even when you graduated, of automatically having a job. Does that make sense? And you don't want to, yes. you know, let them down because it's like, oh, you know, all their sacrifices. But at the same time, I feel we need to met, like remember that here is so different. I like as the ideal that, like, the idea of how it is for our parents, like in in their idea. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I think that that's the that's the issue, right? Is that we are mm-hmm. born into a different culture. Than our parents, yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. while they try to provide, and you know, they have a great influence on how we're raised, the culture, um, you know, they try to immerse us in that as much as they can. The reality of it is, if you're born in America, you're also part of the American culture. And so, as a first generation Mm -hmm. American born uh, child, you're having to try to navigate two completely different cultures and so you know Mm -hmm. there's a there's a struggle with with kids because you know we're trying to please our parents we're trying to Mm -hmm. live up to their expectations but at the same time in the American culture is very much me 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 you know and so it's more of Mm -hmm. what I want to do it's not so much that you know my my family like it is in El Salvador Mm -hmm. or you know in America, in Latin America, mm-hmm. where it's more about family and doing things in community mm-hmm. in America, it's more of an individualistic approach, you know? So mm-hmm. trying to navigate that as, yeah. a, as a, a first generation American born is really, can be really challenging at times because mm-hmm. you're, you understand the American culture and you're trying to explain certain things to your parents right like mm-hmm. even the taxes like i need the taxes because i need that in order to apply or whatever mm-hmm. and they're like but i get and you're like i just mm-hmm. <laughs> i need it for financial aid <laughs> or whatever yeah you know? you're over- <laughs> So yeah mm-hmm. so it can be tricky yeah yeah definitely
0: yeah, yeah it's, it's very tricky i feel like even like i i mean i'm i'm I immigrated to the United States. So there's a bunch of things that I, when I came here, I had to explain, not even to explain myself, but then explain my mom. So like, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, like it's, it's, it's always, you know, like the system here where I, it is worse different than El Salvador or in Central America. That's a hundred percent. And mm-hmm. especially the education system over there in, yeah. Yeah. in Central America, we get to see that, you know, when you get out of school, is I'm not going to say that is guaranteed that you're going to have a job, but it's more likely because that like the access to education is not as accessible. So people who have, you know, the money to go to um, Mm -hmm. even to public education, when they get out, they most likely be able to get a job. Right. But here in the mm-hmm. United States, when even like when you graduated, when it's like after you graduate college, then you start mm-hmm. finding a job. And it's like sometimes you feel the pressure of like, oh, you know, like that's not what I expected. So I want to ask both of you, like the inspiration behind, you know, um, how was Both of you choosing your uh, career, and you know, for Alondra, I know you went to the Air Force, so like, I'm so excited to know about that because I love the Air Force. (laughs) I wanted to join the Air Force. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they come,
1: (laughs) definitely sit down, down, maybe sit down, maybe. (laughs) I'm
0: sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, look, look. I have a love for both of your careers because I, you know, I study film, I study film, and you know, photography, (laughs) film, that's my thing, you know, like, that (laughs) is my thing, right? So, but but let me tell let me tell you about the air force when I was when I was in Honduras I wanted when I was in Honduras I wanted to join the air force and I that was my thing I was like I'm ready to join and everything but in Honduras you have this ah oh, dumb honestly dumb rules that you have to be like I think a metro sixty five so here's like five seven to join and I'm oh. five two and a half so like i'm i'm like super oh. short compare i mean not short short but you know not really small but you know what i mean wow. and then you needed to have i definitely like would have, wouldn't have been in the air force I, I was like
1: <laughs> i'm five yeah right feet, so I, I, I wouldn't have been in the air force
0: <laughs> <laughs> really you, you see what i mean because because of the idea that i couldn't join my country's air force i never applied to here i was like there's no way i'm going to get in because i couldn't even get in in air force over there in Honduras. when i found out like one yeah. one of my you know friends got in and like you know poquito más i was like huh you told me i had like dog, you know? I, I, I was able to so that's why i'm so excited for both of you okay so me. <laughs> <Yeah. Stephanie. laughs> The, yeah, I, I mean the, the, the Star. Yes. To no, the
1: funny part is is that <laughs> the funny part is is that I did try to get into the Air Force. Um and when I was trying oh, to, okay. to get into the military and I got turned down because I was too short. because um, I'm not even five uh-huh. feet, you know. I'm I'm like four, eight and a half. <laughs> so so, but, so oh, <laughs> really yeah, so I had to join the navy. And not the Air Force. So that's the only reason why I joined like another branch. But Air Force was initially uh, okay. also like my first choice too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, like, right? Like, yeah, I love that. Talk
0: about the Air I love France. both of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the inspiration? You know, like if, you know, going. Th- to the military i now that i know like both of you went to the military how, how was like taking that first step like and even like you know telling your mom i'm going to go to the military because that's not even easy to say
1: uh, well
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well um <laughs> well <laughs> well, Alejandra, <laughs> let me tell you something. It was extremely easy to tell our mom because she wanted us to join the military. Really? Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, for us growing Whoa. up in, in a family of seven, you know, we didn't have the funds to go to college. I didn't even I barely even knew mm. anything about an SAT. I didn't know anything about applying for financial aid scholarships, grants, I didn't mm-hmm. know none of that. So the military was a way out, you know, I didn't have to um mm-hmm. meet any I mean, they have tests and stuff like that, but I didn't have to do anything beyond that to mm-hmm. join the military and have a, a job, mm-hmm. you know, that they train me for mm-hmm. and have something steady and will mm-hmm. get me out of Maryland. Cause when I joined, it was to get out of Maryland. Cause I wanted something different, but I also wanted to find a way to help my mom Mm -hmm. and my family. So, you know, Mm -hmm. the military, and it's interesting because, you know, we grew up in, you know, low class, very, you know, you, you, you could call it a ghetto. And so the military recruiters, they target very specific neighborhoods because they know that you're looking for an out. Mm -hmm. And so they were all over our school recruiting students. You know, and so um, our sister Mm -hmm. Nancy had joined the Navy, but she ended up getting kicked out uh, for a medical reason. And then I was like, well, you Mm. know, Nancy joined the Navy and my mom was so excited. Like, I'm going to join the military, but I'm Alondra, so I'm not going to join the Navy. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to go to the Air Force. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I I went to the Air Force. And that was that. (laughs) And she was happy, you know.
0: I'm not with, ah. <laughs> That's so, What about you, Stephanie? <laughs> I
1: mean, definitely the same reasons, right? Okay, so if you look at how many enlisted mm-hmm. personnel go into the military, it's about 1% of the entire country. That 1% of the population, like 99% of the 1%, is usually coming from a working class, lower class, um, mm-hmm. you know, statistic yeah. or that that specific demographic um so for Mm -hmm. sure it's a way out Mm -hmm. like um Mm -hmm. you know i didn't want to join the military i waited actually like a year um after i graduated high school to go to lead to boot camp because i had been working Mm -hmm. you know since i was a teenager 14 15 16 or whatever and throughout high school like Mm -hmm. i was like man i'm not fuck the military i'm not doing that And then, like, you know, I think it just hit me one day. I was, like, in the shower getting ready for work. And I was, like, this ain't it. Like, whatever. I don't know what Mm. is it, but this is not it. I can't do this for every day. And so Mm -hmm. I decided, like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go. I'm going to go in. I'm going to. Do it. Um, I went to the Air Force office. Like, even I think Alondra took me one time and they were like, she's too short. So, anyway, after I, you know, <laughs> got picked up my feelings or whatever, you know, I went to um, the Navy office with my mom. And this was after 9 11. And um, yeah, like, mm. this was the, I will say, this is one of the very few times that I saw, like, my mother actually be proud. Like, it was, like, a different mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. it was, like, to her, like, the, I mean, she had bumper stickers, like, on her car. I'm an Air Force mom. Mm-hmm. I'm a Navy mom. <laughs> and I'm an Army mom, you know. She was very, Hi. very proud of that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, a part of me did it to help my mom, to help my family financially. Like, to me, it was, like, a a financial which is really kind of fucked actually. Is it was like a more a financial decision. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and of course this was after 9-11. So they were giving bonuses to people. They gave me like two G's or something like that. And I thought that was like oh. so much money. Not really <laughs> realizing like I'm signing away my life, you know. I'm like, am yep. I really just worth two mm-hmm. G's? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so um yeah, it was it was definitely like all of these things are are going on in your mind at the time because you don't know you don't mm-hmm. know anything else you know mm-hmm. i never took a S- yeah. pre sat test i didn't i always mm-hmm. like thought for sure i'm not smart enough co- for college period like i'm not smart enough and we sure as hell don't have the money so mm-hmm. i think for me the military was mm-hmm. just like that it was just like a you got to do what you got to do kind of decision for me yeah it was an out yes for sure
0: yeah yeah, and definitely how Alondra said, like, it, the military branches, all of them, they're just target one area. Because, you know, the, the, it's, it's a way out. It's an easy yeah. way mm-hmm. out. Um, And, I mean, like, the benefits are there. And, like you said, like, sometimes you're like, you know, I'm signing my life away. Is isn't it even worth mm-hmm. it. Because I was this close here to join the um Coast Corps. Because I did have, like, an internship when I was in high school. I was this close. But something inside me, I was like... Hey. Do I really want to go, or like, I'm, I just, you know, like do I really want to go? You know, I was already heartbroken from the Air Force, all the way from Honduras. So I was like, oh, like, you know, like I do like the water, but if I can join the Air Force, it would be best. But you know what I mean. So I, I totally understand. I'm like, still can. No, that I know. I know. <laughs> I know. My my brother i like, like i know but I don't think so anymore. I, I don't know. They already broke my heart send <laughs> up since the beginning. My brother actually thinking of joining the Air Force um like, you know, later on. So I it's is is true. Like, you know, I feel like um the military is a is a good way. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like is is a good way for, you know, when when you need it, right? Because mm-hmm. there, there is facts that sometimes we don't, you know, we don't know how to apply to college or we don't know, we don't have the resources. So when you see the military branch and you're like, okay, I can do that. Because when is the, f- like for me, I'm I'm scared of the webcam and all that. That things for me, I was like, that's a whole no other thing, you know? <laughs> but like, you see, like, you know, with, 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 with those benefits, I can help my family, I can then get, you know, a location, I can later get a, a house, you know, there, there's just so many benefits, yeah. you know, that comes with it, that when you said, like, yeah. when you need it, and maybe, you know, for Alondra, you just wanted to, to get out of Maryland, or you just wanted to have something to support it or you don't want to go into the same routine of nine to five working every day you know mm-hmm. like and that money living paycheck by t- paycheck because the thing is horrible you know mm-hmm. like it's like this yeah. have you seen the meme of the little what's it called mapache the little raccoon that has the little thing everything goes away have you guys seen that before? i used to washing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a meme of like a little raccoon with a little, like a sugar little thing and like puts it in the water. it goes on, like, Yeah. Oh, oh, help how he put yeah, it in the water. It goes away, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. Hot cotton candy, you know, like, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The candy candy. So, you know, like you know, <laughs> that type of routine, like when 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 you come from like immigrant parents, like. Um, and we going to talk about this, like you get to the point where like, it's sad to say, but you know, hi, Stephanie said, like, you saw your mom so proud, you know, so happy that both of you were going to, you know, the military and like all the bump stickers and all that, that that, that just make you feel like, okay, you know, she's being proud. You know what I mean? So that's why I said like, you know, what what would happen if like this happened? Like you're in this routine, you personally don't feel happy, and the pa- the parents are like they don't feel happy either. So like you get to doubt yourself. Like am I like what am I really doing? Mm-hmm. What am I like you know is is this is like the life I want to do? Like keep doing? You know you stop mm-hmm. doubting yourself. You start like mm-hmm. questioning yourself, and it's going to lead to many other things that you know I don't know. Sally's you know sometimes. Mm-hmm happens to problems I get to family issues so um one of the things that i uh, after the military, you decided to study kinesiology and Stephanie decided to go for art so how was the decision after the military
1: okay after i I had decided to get out of the military um you know i People were throwing out like people that I knew that were getting out of the military were saying, "Oh, I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna go to school." And I was like, "Oh shit! Like, I don't think I can go to school. I never took an SAT." And they were like, "You don't need to take an SAT if you have military experience or whatever." So I actually had a friend who looked up um, the local community college in Virginia when I was there, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Well, what are you what are you interested in?" And at the time, like, I had used I had. Taking photographs while I was uh, on deployments, mm-hmm. I had did like six deployments um, while I was in the mili- While I was in the Navy, mm-hmm. and it was weird because I used photography in this way to like as a journal or like proof of mm-hmm. of the places okay. that I had been. Because I couldn't and I could like in my wildest dream could never imagine visiting the countries that I had visited mm-hmm. in the time that I was in the mm-hmm. military. In the military provided that for me like traveling I had I mean Mm -hmm. no other way like there was just no way I could see Mm -mm. me traveling in this way Mm -hmm. and so photography for me was a way to like have proof that I had been to these places and so I had mentioned to her like yeah when I'm interested in photography and so she looked it up and she was like they have classes you could even get like your associate's degree and so really that's what started it for me like Mm -hmm. I Ended up when I, I got out of the military, I enrolled into the local community college. Didn't have to take no SAT or anything. And mm-hmm. and then once I graduated with my associates, I was like, I'm not done. And then I mm. uh, transferred to a four-year college, got my bachelor's. And then I was like, I'm still not done. You know, um, <laughs> and then that was when I was really introduced to fine arts and understanding the power mm. of art. and. Um, and really, like, using storytelling and narrative in my work, in my art, and seeing like those social and political things that I could kind of like touch on and show like a different side of like the Central American narrative, which is now my focus. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I do now. And so then I, you know, applied to graduate school and I got into UT and yeah. And then I graduated in 2017. And so now I'm like, that's like predominant like my focus is is really creating a space and creating work that um like provides another perspective of the Central American narrative and the Central mm-hmm. American like experience or Central American American experience, right? Um mm-hmm. and what it is to 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 grow up the way like our families grew up. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And now I'll enjoy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> so for me so so when I was in the military um I was a dental mm-hmm. hygienist and assistant and I know that mm-hmm. my mom had mentioned you know at one point when she was in El Salvador that she worked as a enfermera like she did mm-hmm. I don't think that was like she graduated with a degree in nursing, but I believe that she did some type of like nursing type job. So I feel like also being mm-hmm. the older sibling and having to like help my mom with my younger siblings, um, that naturally became a part of my character, wanting to help. Um, and so mm-hmm. when I joined the military and I was a dental assistant and dental hygienist, I recognized that I felt most um like my cup felt full when I was helping people and when people saw a difference mm-hmm. in like yeah. their teeth, their mouth, their, you know, uh, people that wouldn't even smile because they felt like their mouths were so horrible. And then I would clean their teeth and then they're like, oh, my God, like, oh, my gosh. bling. Um, and so I knew that I naturally wanted to do something in in healthcare, something where I'm able to give back and help people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what led me to and I was always fascinated with the body, the human body and how the body works. And so when I got out of the military, mm-hmm. um I initially wasn't planning on going back to college at all. I was just like, okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. um well, no, that's a lie. Cuz I was thinking of becoming a dental assistant. But then I couldn't get into the program uh-huh. and I was like, well, I need to do something. So the area that i lived in at the time i was driving around and there was a, a school with two big hands like a statue of two big hands and i'm like what is that and it was a massage school for you know and i was like well that's perfect i love the body i love the human body let me see what that's all about and so i went to that school became a massage therapist and i did that for a few years um but i thought i was done with school And then I got pregnant with my son, um, my first son. And Mm -hmm. that's when I realized, uh, oh, crap, like either you're going to continue the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck like your mother struggled or you're going to have to make something of yourself so that you can break the cycle and show your children that there Mm -hmm. is more that they can do, you know, so. I literally mm-hmm. went back to school when he was about six months and I was like, I'm going to become a physical therapist. And then I realized I didn't want to become a physical mm-hmm. therapist. <laughs> and then I ended up on <laughs> occupational therapy <laughs> later. Um, we had a family member that was really, really sick and I went to go visit her. And I just remember looking at her in the ICU and thinking like, uh, this is a single woman Who's going to take care of her now? Who's going to brush her teeth? Who's going to drive her to the grocery store? How is she going to get in and out of the bed? Um, How is she going to brush Mm -hmm. her hair? Like all the simple things that we take for granted. And then that's how I ended up finding occupational therapy. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it's just, it's history.
0: (laughs) That's so, you know, like both of you have like so inspiring stories because it's like, Two completely things, you know, like you went mm-hmm. to military and then like later you just found what you wanted to do, you know, and when we talk, let's say Stephanie, you know, like you just started to document, you know, where you have been with the military, right? Like photography, mm-hmm. um, like mm-hmm. I told you before, like photography, like it's close to my heart <laughs> that I <laughs> love photography. And then it is, it's truly really like, you know, it is more than just a photograph if you take like the uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I personally love like you know I I see that mainly why you like to use photography is for well, like documentary journalists type of thing for the you know now the diaspora here is 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 that how it started right like the documenting so like documentary photography
1: not necessarily documentary photography I think it always stemmed mm-hmm. from. Like, it actually stemmed from um, doing a lot of, like, self-portraits and trying to, like, mm. um, I guess, talk about things that I never really talked about. So, like, growing up, you know, we grew up okay. in a Catholic household. So, like, things that, like, mm-hmm. you know, were I didn't really get to question before. And so that's, okay. like, where it stemmed. And then it, it just, like, has bled into, like other, like, personal experiences, personal questions, personal thoughts, and, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, a, photography is, a, its like, any art is a way of, like, expressing yourself. And I know you implement, mm-hmm. you know, video, you implement, you know, like, I have it right here, uh, text, and, like, other type of languages into it to tell now the story of, like, the diaspora, the Central American experience. And then, alondra and the other side after you know like you wanted to help you know you were interested in like the human body and you know, from being a dentist assistant to like you know
1: coming mm-hmm. to like
0: learning about you don't want you didn't want to be that and then like turning to the to the other point oh sorry the other point so i feel like and this is like i said it's just my impression of like the military gave both of you like we have said you know like it was escape at the beginning But it gave you the starting point to both follow your path, you know, follow what you wanted to do. We know why it it maybe started with something pequeñito, you know, like you starting Mm from being one of the oldest kids, always wanting to help the story of your mom, you know, being an enfermera and then how, you know, that I was close to you. And then Stephanie would always wanted to document and like storytelling. So like those like. Mm Is how can I connect this? It's weird. to Sometimes we don't see military as close to what is the medical field and what is art. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, when we think about military, we think about arms. We think about war. You know, like those are the big ones <laughs> you mm-hmm. have. Like when we talk about military, yeah. And for person, like you know, like you said, you're going to the that dentist side of the Air Force and getting out of there and like working with like the, the human body and then the occupational mm-hmm. therapy. And then you, you know, just documenting where you were going for the military and then now transforming it into fine art. I think that mm-hmm. I'm really happy to see both of you, you know, following, it's like your, your path, why you sense the beginning inspire and that it, the military gave you like it. ¿Cómo se llama patadita? Para empezar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but also, like, I think it's also
1: important to, like, highlight discernment, right? Because I think, like, there Mm -hmm. were, at least for me, like, there were, like, having the military experience showed me exactly what I did not want, right? And it it pushed me more to the things that I, like, made me question, okay, what do I want? And in knowing Mm -hmm. what I did not want, I wouldn't have Mm -hmm. had the contrast to really go for what I actually wanted. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and if I wouldn't have joined the military, I probably wouldn't have even ever joined, t- tried art. And I've always been mm-hmm. an artist. Like since I was little, I've always drawn. I've always cut. Like I have. It's so I, true. Yeah. i were always, always drawing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. I might, I might be dating myself, but there used to be a commercial where they were like, it's, uh, Submit your art, and we'll tell yes. you if you can be an artist or whatever. And you can go to the art institute. Called, yes, and she called the number. Do you call the one eight hundred number? They send you a, a drawing, a piece of paper, and you have to trace it and then you submit it and then they tell you if you're whatever and she did that no you didn't trace it you didn't trace it you yes, had to no, eyeball no, it and you, you had, had to, to copy draw exactly it exactly like it <laughs> She was always drawing. It always, was, yo, I, I did. I was old, I. I've been drawing since I was in elementary school, and like I would draw from all my friends on the bus. They'd be like, oh, draw me this, draw me that," and I was like, "Okay," you know. I am like the person at the at the beach, you know, drawing the little oh. cartoon. Oh my gosh, I I have a I have a no, drawing but for that right. Stephanie. Made and I, if we have time, I'm gonna show it at the end. Mm-hmm. No,
0: no. <laughs> okay, <Yes>. Shakira, Shakira.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was a big Shakira fan. Okay. okay, do not
0: do that. Uh-uh. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh my, I- <laughs> I oh my god, I love Oh so my god, I love it. I'm just Sha- this without- is not for you.
1: This
0: is so that's what
1: I'm saying like I don't know if I would have joined the military I wouldn't have known what I do not want you know I could not stand Mm -hmm. trying to be Mm -hmm. in a box I could not stand Mm -hmm. you know being Mm -hmm. uniform with everybody else I could not stand somebody telling me when to eat when to shit when to you know get up like I could not stand Mm -hmm. that so without that contrast I wouldn't have known what I wanted so yeah, some people yeah, like that, I talk I yeah, still that have friends for me in the military too. and they're yeah. like, You're an you're an artist. This you're so different. And I was just like, that just never was you know, that was like a part of me at that time, at that moment, but that wasn't fully who I am, you know? So yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, and and that's pretty much the same for me, right? Like I think Maybe it's because we we're we stubborn, we're Latinas, we're salvadoreñas, I don't know, it's in our blood, like, somebody trying to tell us daughter. what to do, <laughs> I'm like, somebody trying to tell us what to do, what we couldn't do, like, I did it, but for so long, like, I really thought mm. I was gonna like the structure, because I hated, um, like, as a kid, I always hated finding clothes, so that's why I loved I loved wearing uniforms because mm-hmm. I never had to worry about what to wear. And everybody was wearing the same thing. Um, yeah. But that was part of also being poor. So I'm like, I didn't have to look for something to wear. Because right. <laughs> I didn't have anything to wear. So here's a uniform. And they gave me shoes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> once I was in the military, the structure was like, not for me. I didn't like the politics behind it. I didn't like the abuse of power that people mm-hmm. had. You know, people you know, that should not have been in power. They would get these positions of power just because they took a test Mm -hmm. and now they have power and then they treat you like crap and they don't get in trouble, but you do because you're the little man. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, no, the military is not for it, for me, not for me. And I think that's kind of like why Stephanie and I, we just, we do our own thing because we're not meant to fall in line and do what anybody else does, you know, so...
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then one of the questions that I wanted to ask both of you is like, at one point, do both of you or any of you start experiencing like impo- imposter syndrome?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I would say for me,
1: it started when I entered higher education. So, um, it probably started when I was in middle school, but I was a kid and like you're a teenager, you're insecure about everything. But really what Mm -hmm. really, um, when it really hit was when I was in college, um, in the university. Cause even when I was in community college, like I was a straight A Mm -hmm. A student and I felt like I could keep up with the, I call them the kids (laughs) because I was older. (laughs) Everyone Mm -hmm. in community college was like 18, 19, and I was like 27. Um, so I felt like I was okay in community college. But when I went to a four-year institution, mm-hmm. that's when it really set in. And I was like, oh, like my goodness. All these people with so much like intelligence and here I am in this class, taking this class with them. And they're using all of these fancy words that I can't even pronounce. I don't even know what they mean. I have to go look up a dictionary, you know, get a dictionary so I can look up words. Um And here they are just blah, 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 blah. Um, And that was really kind of what started that. And I didn't even know what imposter syndrome was until I was in graduate school. Mm-hmm. And I went to a conference called, yeah. um, um the national conference on race and ethnicity and i and i went to um one of the one of the conferences that they had in there and they talked about mm-hmm. imposter syndrome and i was like this whole time you mean to tell me this whole time i've been experiencing imposter syndrome like i'm not going crazy i don't it's not just me it's not just in my head. You mean to tell me other people mm-hmm. experience this? How come nobody else has ever said this to me? Like I could have put a name to what I was experiencing mm-hmm. instead of saying, you know, I'm not smart yeah. enough. I don't belong here. Um. So mm-hmm. I that's so one of my missions is to like talk about that and introduce that whenever I can mm-hmm. to anybody because when you can yeah. put a name to what it is that you're experiencing. You start realizing that it's not all in your head, you know, and you do deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. So stop letting your imposter monster mm-hmm. try to talk you out of it. You know, sorry, I got excited. Yep. That's okay.
0: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> no, it is very true because I honestly, I didn't know what it was, supposed imposter syndrome either. You know, like, I probably, I mean, what, like, months ago. Not even a year. Mm -hmm. When I think I read it, and I was like, what is that? I thought it was, like, you know, like, something very, you know, technical to, like, medical to understand. And I was like, ah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I know what I was going through, (laughs) you know. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, for you, 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 for me, it's like, I went to college with only three years in this country. My English was, like. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I only three years and a half mm-hmm. I went to college. I was still in shock. I got into college. Oh yeah, so I got into college for three years in this country, and you know, like not knowing much English. Um, I got into the film program. Then I got like my Central America, like my double major in Central America, and I was like all oh, good and stuff like that. Me fui a dar de paré on my first class of film. I was like, this major is not for me. This major is not for me. This major is not for me. Like I'm like, like you said, you know, there's, I was like, what does it even mean? You know, like, what does this even mean? You know, mm-hmm. I'm still learning English and I was not, I felt like, I was like, if this is the first class of cinema and television, I don't want to even imagine the rest. Does that make sense? But <laughs> yeah. one part of me that was like, okay don't let me don't let my you know my decisions be just based on one class i went again i really again i passed like the panzazo stuff like that then like i i didn't get accepted to continue in the film program so i had to switch to tv and i felt that even though i went all the way out. Like I did my entire portfolio on film photography. Cause you needed to create the story like in photography, but I just didn't want to do it digital. I went like the extra mile, however you mm-hmm. call it and do everything film. I spent hours in the lab. I spent like what you were, you can imagine and to put it and I got denied. And I was like, I I remember telling people like, I have no plan B. You know, Mm -hmm. I have no plan B. Mm -hmm. There's no way. Like, if I get rejected, that's it. Like, you know what I mean? This is not for me. Like, I shouldn't be doing this. Wow. And then when I got rejected, started thinking, like, come on, Alejandro. Like, you know, like, why would you think you were going to go into film? Like, it's Mm going to be easy. You know what I mean? You start doubting Mm -hmm. so much yourself. So I had to be the smart little girl. And I went to the director and I went to ask why I was rejected because i was like there's no way i i for me i was like i did everything perfect you know what i mean so i went to the Mm -hmm. director and i'm telling you stories because sometimes it's not about your work right because my i got rejected not because of my work he honestly told me if you decline or if you drop your second major i will accept you and i said no I rather have my Central American major yes. rather than rather than being in this in the in in the program that is going to make me drop one of the careers that is most close to me. Does that make sense? Me? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, and then he was like, he was like, well, that was the only reason why we rejected it. You have too many majors for you to continue in the program. Mm. Who's that? Th- Exactly, you okay. know what I mean? Because, you know, I was doubting myself and that and it wasn't even my work. Does that make sense? So then yeah I, that and that, and so, yep. yeah. I went to TV and that's when I said in TV and I remember saying this. I never knew since the beginning that I should have started in TV. That's when I focused more on documentary. That's when I found my love for production. That's when I had the most work on hand. That's when I, I had the most diverse crew. That's when I had the most mm-hmm. open people to create stories about what I wanted to create, you know, and create with mm-hmm. Central America about immigrant. Like that's when I was able to create, to work together with others who had the same vision and love for storytelling. But then the other ones that they were telling me, that's not the way you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do it. This is not, you know what I mean? Like that change of going to film and someone told me, oh, no. But then you start doubting yourself. You're like, you know, like, oh, my God. Like, of course, like, is this me? Mm -hmm. Like, I started putting myself saying I'm not worth it. Of course, I'm an immigrant. How the heck I'm going to get into mm. Hollywood? You know that goes into your head and then to find out that it was there mm-hmm. so i like mm-hmm. I feel not, you know like, and for me, I felt like I just wanted to be a little like girl just to go and ask the person because I was like, I did everything. I did everything i I wanted to them to tell me mm-hmm. if my application or portfolio wasn't good enough to tell me in my face. Cause for me it was yeah. perfection. Yeah. And that's when I found out yeah. that I shouldn't be doubting myself <laughs> because it wasn't my work. No, I was just going to say, I applaud you for going,
1: <laughs> for going and asking and, mm-hmm. and following up because a lot of people don't, they mm-hmm. just take that, that, um, that answer for what it is. And then you start formulating mm-hmm. your own opinions and ideas as to why, you weren't Mm -hmm. successful, why you didn't make it. And you really don't Mm -hmm. know until you ask. And for a lot of people, they don't, they don't follow up like Mm -hmm. that. So I applaud you for going and and asking. And I do believe that everything happens for a reason. So look, look where it took Mm -hmm. you, you know, none of that would have happened. None of that Mm would have happened if you had been in that program.
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely.
1: And, but see, I, and I think it's important to also, like, look at the structures that put us in the position to question ourselves, right? You didn't mm-hmm. raise those questions until, you know, he, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's really important to understand that mm-hmm. these institutions and these spaces that we are, like, trying to navigate and survive in, really, mm-hmm. Um are the spaces where we start to really fully feel the impact of that imposter syndrome. And, Mm -hmm. and I think like, Mm -hmm. you know, for him to say like, well, you have to drop this, this thing. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's really where he stands and where he believes you what you can handle and what you can't you know what I'm saying and somebody else like made that decision for you Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's like really fucked up and it Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with your work but you were asking you were already questioning yourself like well who do you think you are like you know you had all these excuses Mm -hmm. as to why they didn't choose your work and look it had nothing to do with your work Mm -hmm. you know it had everything to do with their perception Mm -hmm. of you and what they thought you could or could not Mm -hmm. handle Mm -hmm. you know and that again Mm -hmm. without that contrast you know you wouldn't be going in the way you're going in now right the way you're making it a point that Mm -hmm. no I'm going to highlight and do the kind of work that I want to do and highlight the people that I want to highlight Mm -hmm. and do you know talk about what I want to talk about Mm -hmm. so it's good yeah
0: definitely Mm yeah and I I feel like it's really to point out that because sometimes I feel like we talk about so many times like you know the system will make us doubt ourselves. Like yeah they will make us dumb, mm-hmm. you know people will think that we're not capable, right Of you're not capable of having two majors, you're not capable of doing this stuff, like you know they will make you think, but like you said, they shouldn't be telling you what you can and why you cannot do,
1: yeah, yeah, and I think nothing gets um I think nothing gets a um a latina more fired up than when you tell her she can't do something, just saying. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. Mm. Mm-mm. You know, is it never. <laughs> that is true. That is true. She has to go back. Mm. <laughs> never, uh, 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 <laughs> never. <laughs> because I I like, I remember, and then during all this time that I told you, like, I, I felt like you know, hopeless. I, I, I did yeah. hope. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. I told you at the beginning. I said I had no second. Yeah, I don't have no plan B. And my like. In, in, in my plan of like my career, that's what I felt. I never told my mom because I felt, oh, she's gonna be mad at me. Just like, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know, like it like I didn't want to disappoint her. And when I told mm-hmm. her, she felt bad that I didn't tell her because then she was like, yeah. now I, I understand why you were so quiet because I'm not a quiet person. She was mm. like, now I understand why you're so quiet because <laughs> you were trying to <laughs> figure it out what to do and then she told me like I'll never be mm-hmm. telling you like oh you should have tried more you know you should have worked harder to get in because she told me like I know you're capable so I when I told her oh well they didn't get in because of this she was like well ellos es que se lo that's what she literally told me yeah she knows. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right oh my god Seriously. But thank you girls you know um, let me see yeah, but, you know, imposter syndrome, I, like it's the way you said, is it, something that um, we don't, it doesn't get introduced to us, what it actually is. till after we went through that, you know what I mean? Like, or when we're going through that. Um, so I wanted to ask to Stephanie, like, when was the point when you felt that way?
1: Yeah. Um, I think it was it, it was definitely higher education. I mean school. Um, yeah. community college, I kind of felt it because I also was one of the older ones in the in the school, whatever, but I, I managed. Mm-hmm. And then it was when I transferred to a four year mm-hmm. um was when I really started to feel it. Mm-hmm. And then especially like as your own experience, Alejandra, like when when you start to throw in like art classes and then like this Mm -hmm. like fine arts and stuff there is like this class thing that happens Mm -hmm. or elitism that happens in that Mm -hmm. department and program and um yeah there it's a lot of like at least in my experience of graduate school there was a lot of heavy theory and research and And you had Mm -hmm. to read these books and like these writers and know everything and not just read it, but also like remember it and use it in your work. And for me, that was really difficult because, like I said, like my work stems from a very personal place. And I had to like I was always told, oh, your work is so personal. You should. I was told by um, an artist and he was. Latino, he was Mexican, a visiting artist who told me, you should find a book that's parallel to your story and make work about the book and not your story. Because he said my work was too personal. And my thing is, is that like what I was essentially telling them was that experience is enough. I don't always need to have a book to back Mm -hmm. up the facts of these things actually Mm -hmm. happening to me and me experiencing these things. These things are true. These things are my reality and not just my reality, but my Mm -hmm. family's reality and many other families, you know, here in the U S so, and I think that's, that's where, like, for me, storytelling, a lot of, a lot of, um, things that are passed on to us in our communities, especially in the Latin community, but specifically in the Central American community where we have seen, you know, trauma and war separate families, and all of these events mm-hmm. that have happened. Really, there's 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 not much documentation of those things, right? Because both mm-hmm. governments were trying to obscure these facts, right? So a mm-hmm. lot of the things that were passed down are passed down through storytelling and witness. Yep. And for me, like I, like I highlight storytelling, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I I yep. make that as like a source. And even the misinformation or the gaps or the unknown, I use that all as material to to make the work that I'm making. Because mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately for some of us we don't have all the answers, but and we're not always gonna have a book mm-hmm. to refer to. So I think for me it was like yeah. the imposter mm-hmm. syndrome was definitely a higher education. It was very, very highlighted mm-hmm. in graduate school. I didn't know that those terms mm-hmm. at the at the time, but I also was trying to like stand my ground in knowing what I knew from Mm -hmm. firsthand experience and trying to speak from that like honest place. Right. So.
0: Yep. Yeah. And definitely, I think you, what you were telling me remembers me of like another friend that I talked, um, I, I, you might know her though. Um, she's the person behind Ichik Design the mm-hmm. like she does earrings yeah she's like amazing earrings mm. um and one time i went for a coffee and then she was telling me the, the stories um when she was in art school and that a professor asked asked her was like oh like so from where are you referring like to the art and like who are you reading in order to come up with yeah. this art and then she mm-hmm. was like Oh, about like El Popol Vu and then the person was so confused, like you shouldn't be using that like you know, this is about, you know, or like it was a person's story. So like how you said I feel like we when we have stories for example in Central America, the most of the storytellings are like I said, passed down or yeah. we are in Asian books that yeah. most of the people don't even take in consideration, right? Or mm-hmm there's an experience you went through that you as an artist should have control and even in art in school of what your art want you want to represent does not I mean mm-hmm. because your art represent yourself mm-hmm. you know like you you don't want to put whatever they want you to write and you don't feel the connection because that right what was the point of, what is the point of doing art mm-hmm. what is the point yeah. of doing art on the point right like yeah. what is the point so you know, like having, I feel like I feel you in the point because like when you go through these systems and, like, you know, especially in art, that todo tiene sus palabras, todas medias raras, because mm-hmm. raras, I, I don't mm-hmm. understand them sometimes. Yeah. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, what is this? You know, this, you know, or like this type of way of painting, this type of way of creating. They're like, but when you try to put yourself, you know, like this is what I feel like. This is the story of, I don't know, migration, but in a very artistic way. They're going to be like, like no, that isn't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, for me, is like art I see as not only transforming, but it's like the way the person, the artist is expressing a feeling. For mm-hmm. me, if the artist is not connected to the art, what is even the point to even do it? Like My. So so mm-hmm. for a professor or like to going to art school and having someone to question that, it's not because you're not capable of making art, or making amazing pieces. It's just because they want you to continue having this box of whatever they want mm-hmm. you to think is art. And whatever is outside of this box is not art. It's not yeah. even close yep. to. So I don't know. And you see, like for all three of us, it came when we were in higher education. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. when we are at those spaces when we thought we would never be, you know, Mm -hmm. when we were little, Mm -hmm. because how, you know, like, you know, (laughs) the money (laughs) and Mm -hmm. everything, you know. I know. And then you get there and then you're like, of course, you know, you felt that that same feeling when I was, like, when you were little, like, I don't have the money to apply. I don't know, you know, my SAT score is not that good, you know, like Mm -hmm. or the ACT Mm -hmm. or whatever test they want you to have. And then you come a realization that it's not your work. It's not that you don't know, you know, this higher words. It's not that you're not capable. It's just that they want you to stay in a box that we shouldn't be put on because that will not define us. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. whatever mm-hmm. career we what all three of us ch- shows or ch- in the future you would want to show something else is for us to take in, you know como se llama, like take it and make it our own. Not for mm-hmm. them to <laughs> make, make it be make, yeah, you, you have to make it your own instead of just being part of it, you know? So Yeah. Um, for the last close things that I want to ask both of you, um, in this the closest statement. Um, what would you say something? What is something you'll tell someone that is doubting themselves in their career cho- choices and or in general? Okay, um,
1: I would say, knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. I would say you have to really sit with yourself. Give yourself time, give yourself space to be able to question what you really want in life and mm-hmm. and really try to pay attention to any like gut feeling or any like emotion that comes up. I think it's essential to mm-hmm. to really work with your intuition when it comes to any career choice. Because if you continue to chase paper, if you continue to chase something you may always be chasing that, right? Or you may get to mm-hmm. that and then you may chase, you know, want, it'll be something else that you're, that you feel like will fulfill you. And I think what's most important, and I have to remember this myself, is that oftentimes, like, you already know the answer, you know? You know, everything, mm-hmm. all of the answers are already in you. You just have to allow yourself to sit silently with yourself, give yourself the space and give yourself the time and really mm-hmm pay attention to what you're feeling or what is coming up for you when you ask yourself these questions of like what you really want to do in life. So, I mean, that would be my only advice is to really go with your intuition. Yeah. And for me to build, yeah, to build on what Stephanie was saying is that, you know, um, I think at least for me anyways, figuring out what I wanted to do with my life was like the hardest thing ever because I didn't have, um, you know, some families have people who are already doctors. And so the kids know they want to be doctors or lawyers and Mm -hmm. they know that they want to be lawyers, but we Mm -hmm. didn't have that growing up. And so I don't know that I really knew what all of my options were and then when i found out that i had mm-hmm. so many options i didn't know how to even narrow down those options and it i didn't even mm-hmm. realize what i wanted my career to be until i was in my 30s so um i think and and that's not the case for everybody obviously but if you find mm-hmm. out what it is that you really want to do what you're passionate about um kind of like what stephanie was saying you know If that's really what's in your heart, um, write down, like, what are the steps to get to that? And then as you're writing down all those things and you start working towards that, I encourage people to also write down all of their accomplishments, too. All those little accomplishments, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I got an A in this class, I um, got a 4.0 this semester, or I got accepted into this college, like all of those things are accomplishments that the imposter syndrome chooses to not recognize, you know? And so I think Mm -hmm. when we're we're always reflecting and looking back on the things that that we've accomplished, we start to realize that we do have the ability to go far in life we do have the, like, why is it that only Mm -hmm. these people get to do it? Why can't I? Like, that's BS. Mm -hmm. We can't, but we start setting, Mm -hmm. we start putting the doubt Mm -hmm. in ourselves. We start allowing society to kind of form who fits in those places and you, it's not you. When in reality, it's really meant for anybody. Mm -hmm. So fit yourself in there and do Mm -hmm. what you got to do. But you also have to recognize what you're like you also have to be mindful to acknowledge all the things that you've accomplished as well. And I think for me, that's something that I, um, mm-hmm. struggle with it because when you have an when you experience imposter syndrome, it's very hard to appreciate or even sit with success because mm-hmm. we're too busy worrying about the mm-hmm. next thing that we have to do. And mm-hmm. so, Mm -hmm. These things happen to you. They're amazing. And you're already like 10 steps ahead. Like, okay, well, my next thing that I have to do is over here. And people are trying to celebrate this. And you can't even celebrate it for yourself. Mm -hmm. So write down your successes as you're going along the way. Yep, That's my advice. Yeah. And celebrate those things like intimately too. I mean, it Mm -hmm. doesn't always have to be like a grand thing either. I think Mm -hmm. we also like live in this this time where we want to share every single thing on social media. And I think Mm -hmm. there's like this, there's a performance of like trying to keep up to go to the next thing and the next thing and be like, show, look, 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 Mm -hmm. what else? And um, that's one of the reasons Mm -hmm. like I'm off of Instagram right now, because I've taken a step back Mm -hmm. from making art for the past, like over Mm -hmm. a year now. And you feel guilt, you know, when, especially Mm -hmm. when you're, you know, when you feel that imposter syndrome, you're constantly trying to prove something and Mm -hmm. you never do like acknowledge the things or you play down the things that you've done in the past. And yeah. So even if it's intimately celebrate those Mm little things and they may not even be like a score on a test. They could be like, Mm -hmm. you know, you got up and made your bed today. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you go through it and especially Mm -hmm. when you're trying to navigate higher education or spaces like that in different institutions, um, and systems like this, like when you're in it, it's really difficult to, to even Mm -hmm. have one singular thought in your head, let alone like pay attention to the little victories and stuff. So, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely, and you know, I just want to thank both of you to coming and talk to me, uh, you know, today and share both of your experience and you know, taking a little bit of time. Yo sé Stephanie se quiere dormir. Stephanie's like, oh, I see my bed and all this
1: stuff.
0: I'm like somebody give her is- a blanket that, 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 that. <laughs> this is this is the first episode that I had two sister and that I had so much fun <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, I honestly feel like we have um, kept it down a little bit because mm-hmm. if Stephanie was like oh, we wide have. wide awake <laughs> it would have been crazy
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, thank you. I really appreciate both of you for coming here, hearing the story. You know, like of things that I didn't know. Is, you know, Stephanie didn't like. I didn't know you were in the navy. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was. In the navy I don't too. even like and, to you know, imagine like, that part. Yeah. <laughs> you have so, you know, to. I really appreciate you. You know, I really appreciate uh, both of you, in coming, sharing your story, and uh, to come and talk to me. So, do you have anything else to say uh, before? Sorry, my phone. Before oh, yeah. I close everything, <laughs> I I told you something I was gonna fall no. at the beginning. <laughs> I think
1: her, her face is priceless. She's exactly. Not good. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think I don't have any less, um, no, no burning comments. I just want to thank you so much for having, for creating this platform and this space for Central American voices to be heard and inviting us to be a part of this. I really appreciate it. And, um, Mm -hmm. I can't wait to share it with everybody. I'm going to be like, you guys, you need to listen. Come check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes. (laughs) I mean, for real, for real, like for a person that like is, is you know, listening to podcasts while I'm at work, while I'm at my nine to five and stuff mm-hmm. is really like, I'm so glad that I came across your podcast. So thank you so much, Alejandra, for doing this work and mm-hmm. deciding to like. You know, pioneering really because there's not mm-hmm. a lot of Mm-mm. spaces, and I feel like you know we're Central Americans are on the come up. You know, we're like we're like we've mm-hmm. been here this whole time, and I think now we're finally starting to like create space mm-hmm. for ourselves. And so, just thank you so much for making this and mm-hmm. taking the
0: time and saying yes to us. You know, no, definitely. You know, since since uh, it was Stephanie Stephanie who reached out to me, right? yeah mm-hmm. was okay yeah I was like I, I'm confusing I saw like I remember one of you like did it, and I was like oh that's so fun and when you said like your friend I'm like, your sister I like yeah that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> no thank you you know thank you <laughs> thank you for both of you I really appreciate your time and I cannot wait to have this podcast out so thank you <laughs> yeah if you like to support this podcast and my work, you can donate through our website or become a patron. Don't forget to check our website at CentralAmericanVoices.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list. Follow us on Instagram at Sim 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 Voices Podcast and on Twitter at Sim 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 Voices Pod. Like and follow our Facebook page where you can join the Central American Voices Facebook group. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're going to continue sharing these episodes as a video format. But don't forget to come back for our next episode.